And now a word from our sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Well, first of all, it's free. And who doesn't love free? There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And that way we can get closer to the bag. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Ali Family Podcast. We're all about uplifting Black excellence and Black love. So we'd love to connect with other entrepreneurs, artists, businesses, people that have really good things going on, stories that need to be heard, stories that need to be told, and just uplifted into a larger platform. We're looking to connect with you. So please reach out to us through the DMs. All that information is in the descriptions. We saw your comments, we saw the responses back, so we do want to just share some love advice, some relationship advice from different perspectives. Relationships between Black men and Black women. Yes, Black love. Black love. The last video that we put out, there was a specific comment that was asking for relationship advice to other singles or people in relationships that are exploring marriage. So we heard that that was really impactful for something that we were thinking about doing as well. So we do want to make sure that within this segment, we're giving some advice to people that are single or in a relationship, maybe thinking about marriage, you know, maybe some things that are helpful, that were helpful for us, that we acknowledge within each other that might just give you some things to learn and look out for in the person that you're talking to. Or if you're not talking to a person, maybe just some tips on where you might be able to find the person that you might be wanting to look for. So I know when we first started dating, we didn't say that we were exclusive right away, but we confirmed to each other that we weren't dating any other people. So we were exclusive. And that communication is important. It is. You gotta have that exclusive conversation with each other. You're basically single until you've established that you're both exclusively in a relationship with each other and not seeing another person. That's a major key. It is. There were two things that really stood out to me as positive. When people talk about things that are negative, they say red flags, but I'll call these black flags. Black flags. There were things that <laughs> really <laughs> confirmed to me that um, he was someone I should continue to spend time with and get to know more. And he was a really solid person, number one. When we first started talking, it was sort of more on the phone than in person. And we were talking for a while. We'd spend hours on the phone, talking to the wee hours and in I don't the morning. Wanna, I don't want to skip over that. Yes. These are these are gems. Mm -hmm. You're talking about them, but these are gems. So first of all, persistence. That is important. So I'm talking to the fellas while you're talking. So persistence is a major key, as you mentioned. Talking on the phone, even before on the phone, just to be able to get the number was a step. And then once you get the number, continuing to talk. And you said a major word, you said talk. We weren't necessarily just texting on the phone, but we were talking on the phone. And that vocal communication is important. It, you learn a lot more about a person by talking than just by texting. So I just wanted to highlight those things. You said 
the persistence of making it to the phone conversation and then having those hour-long phone conversations. So as you talk, I'm just gonna throw in some things. No, I love you're... it. He talked about the persistence and the initial connection. When he first started to pursue me, I didn't respond to every inquiry because this is me sitting in my room like, oh my goodness, is he flirting with me right now? He's kind of cute. I want to know more about him, but I don't want to come off as too much, too extra. So I took my time like several days before my response back. And some of his persistent inquiries is what reassured me or helped me to build confidence like, oh, cool, he really does like me. I can talk to him. That was a black flag. He made it really comfortable for me to interact with him and let my guard down, even though I didn't really know him yet so that those initial communications were golden with the first black flag a man who is consistently pursuing you that was a huge sign for me and these are good black yeah. flags are good black flags are you good. know mm -hmm. a lot of times within the dictionary everything that's black is always considered not great but in these instances black flags are good persistence in communicating and wanting to get to know me you want to feel like you're the prize and he made me feel that way. So that was super important. The next black flag in our interactions, and I think this can translate to a lot of different interactions, very early on told me what he his values were um, personally, and then also what he wanted his, his lady, what he wanted her to value so that those values aligned. And luckily they did, but... <laughs> <laughs> But him him sort of taking that strong lead and saying, hey, this is who I am and this is what I'm looking for. And it was didn't have anything to do with physicality or anything like that, but just values. It's important to to each, you know, to him and to who um, who he wanted to align himself with. So I thought that was super strong. The third black flag was going into our relationship or I think it was right before we were official. We had a conversation that sealed the deal for me. And I think after that conversation, we were official. I was looking for someone, among other things, had some of the similar qualities as me. I find myself thinking a lot about staying even keel and reasonable, rational, in as many different situations as possible, interactions with loved ones, and in the workplace. So this is a quality uh, in myself that I I like, I appreciate about myself. And I wanted that in my partner too, probably even to a greater extent. I do just want to highlight a few things that yes. you just said. You can feel free to re repeat them as well. Okay. But you definitely mentioned someone that reflected similar things that you did. You had a job. So that means that you wanted someone to have a job <laughs> as well. And I know, I know it sounds simple, but that's important. If you're a working person, if you are a person that has some type of income, dating somebody that doesn't at that stage could become problematic. So that's one thing I just wanted to reflect. Having a job um, is something that both people, that's something that you value. You want to make sure that that person can make sure that they have a way to provide for themselves, at least in the beginning, that they're able to take care of themselves. You also mentioned that family. So someone that also had that even kill type relationship with their family. 
So that's also important. Sometimes you'll hear somebody say, I don't like my mother or, oh, I can't stand my father. You know, those are red flags. Those aren't black flags. Now, we might not, like there might be problems there within the family because, you know, there, there's always that family business. We all, everybody has those things that could be better. But the way that you look at those relationships do reflect in the way that you'll interact with your partner. So I just wanted to highlight that because you mentioned someone that balanced and reflected with your relationships were with work and family. That also meant that that person also had to have a relationship with the job. <laughs> no Tommy's over here, but someone that had a job and someone that had a good relationship with their family. That leads me to the last black flag. What you just did there, you reflected my thoughts and you made them a lot more clear. So, you know, as even keel as I thought I was, there was a moment just before we became official where I found myself getting emotional in the middle of a conversation. He was even, cool, reasonable. He communicated what my thoughts were. And I think all I said in that situation, all I said in response was, mm-hmm, yeah, that's it. I think that's a strong quality, but I wanted someone who at times could be even stronger than me in that area. True. It's all about the communication. You do have to have somebody whose communication style reflects what you can tolerate. We all communicate differently. People use different types of words, different types of ways that they communicate, but the communication does have to find some type of equal flow. It doesn't have to be the same, mm -hmm. but it has to be within a range that you can tolerate within that person, especially in the early phases, because that's the honeymoon stage. Mm -hmm. So if the communication starts off rocky, chances are it's going to get worse. When you find someone that you can have a genuine conversation with day in, day out, hours and hours, that says a lot about that person. You're first showing that you're prioritizing this other person. Communication is important to you, how this person's day was. So the conversations might be in the morning, checking in, we both were working, sometimes just a call, hope your day is going well, something like that. Genuine, not overbearing, not taking up too much time, but just something where you're letting that person know that you're thinking about them. And then obviously communication on the phone when you both have that time and make the time. So one people one so one example is somebody that says, Man, I'm just too busy, I don't have the time. But when you really know is the person makes the time for you. So that is just for the guys, that's a major key. When you do find a woman that is making that time for you, definitely be there, reciprocate and make yourself available because that, that's a sign. It's letting you know that there's an open opportunity to have some more communication and get to know someone because easily you know what you could hear. I gotta wash my hair, you could hear. I got to watch, some, there's some shows I need to catch up on or I'm working and you had two jobs, you really were working. <laughs> a lot of ladies are still in school and working or spending time with families or out or anything. So. When the person is telling you that they're making time for you, definitely take that opportunity to make those communications with that person. That brings up a couple other black flags. When you were first courting me, it was, maybe it was all prior to master plan. 
I was starting to think, but now that I, I know you for sure, for sure, that's just the way you are. Super thoughtful. We would have different conversations. And I remember, I remember saying like, yeah, it just in my mind, just like a silly conversation that's not important at all, but I'm sharing it with him because it's on my mind. I remember saying, oh yeah, there's this lip gloss. I used to always get this brand. I don't, I don't see it anywhere. And, and I promise you, I was not saying that for him to go out and get it, not at all. But I, <laughs> I was just saying it because it was on my mind. And I think I said something else about- Like a door that was squeaking. A door that was squeaking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when you walked in the door, it was making noise or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. And this man on our very next date, which could have been the next day or the day after that conversation, he presents me with a gift bag full of <laughs> everything that I've ever talked about. What you said, WD-40 for the squeaky door <laughs> and a whole array of like lip glosses and several other different things. So thoughtful. Black flag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll take care of your needs even if you're not explicitly asking him to, um, he's got you covered. So that's what I felt, you know, while we were dating and now certainly. Yeah. And same thing for, you know, both for the guys and for the ladies, but I know listening was a major thing. Always active listening. People say that I'm listening, but then you'll hear someone say, I don't hear you. The difference between hearing somebody and listening to somebody is really important. So mm -hmm. that is something that I do actively try to do. And it's important to me to be, because you want the same thing. So you can't ask something of somebody that you're not giving yourself. So that's a major key. That's something that was very important to me to make sure that I'm reflecting what I'm looking for. And I think you mentioned that also. You were looking for someone that reflected some of the things that, that you were about. We both had a really strong relationship with God individually and that's something that's transferred so that was important to me a proverb 31 mm -hmm. type woman that was really helpful through our church mm -hmm. with the premarital counseling of really getting that up and close conversations with other married couples and hearing the disagreements that they had within their marriages or the new things that they were continuing to learn about each other 20 years in and just the normalcy of them having a good time together, but also sharing that sometimes it's not the best time and, and knowing that that's a reality. So I really appreciated just seeing a little bit of the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what we're trying to give you also, like that behind the scenes look into a marriage and seeing the type of things that you can take from it that, that can reflect in your happiness and can reflect in the choices that you're making. And then also just thinking about someone that shared similar values with me about who they were, where they were professionally, where they saw themselves going, what was important. So the things that you were saying that was important to you about your career, which you established there was really impressive. Just you were taking care of business. You were, you were about your business. It wasn't about the money, but just the ambition. So like that for me is something important to have someone that is equally ambitious. And I shared some of the dreams that I had about wanting to get into real estate and do more things on a real estate level. And you were saying that that was something that you had thought about the level of ambition that you have and are looking for 
you want that to be something that the other person has. It doesn't have to equate to a job, but I would say someone that has that same type of passion and ambition about wanting more or having dreams that they're trying to attain and chase in life. During the times when we were outside, we were actually outside, you know, <laughs> wanting to travel, wanting to go for walks or hikes. Having that as a common factor was something that was important. The communication and the way that it progressed was, was something that I found to say, she's given me signs that we can continue to move forward. You were busy, like you let me know when that window of free time was there. So maybe it might've been driving back from work, but that was the window. You know, I'm working these jobs, I'm in school, but during this time I can talk and that's the window. So you have to see, okay, it might be, and it might not be convenient for you. It really might not be, but if that person's important to you, which you are, <laughs> yeah, um, me too. you have to make that time work for you. Taking advantage of those windows and those opportunities where things line up, but also just trying to find the way that you can both get what you want. To say, for example, today is Monday. And then you might want to plan something for it and you might say, okay, so are you available this upcoming Friday or Saturday to do something? And she might say no. So initially it might sound like, okay, she's just not, you know, she's pushing me off. She's not available. But then she might say, but the next Friday I am available. So from that point, as a man, that's your opportunity to plan ahead to make sure that you have things set. So when that next Friday rolls around, you got the plans covered, you got dinner covered, you got the date covered. You show that value of, the, of her time was worth it, that her making a decision to even come out with you was worth it. There is a balance between being persistent, but then being too persistent. Uh, and I think that's something that I was very aware of. So I'm a very persistent person, but only to the point of where it's being reciprocated. So you match the level of engagement with where that person is. And if that person just isn't there, continue to move on and it's all good. Your person is waiting for you. That just might not be your person. Those are the tips for now until we have some real questions coming in. So as mentioned, feel free to share those questions via DMs. So that's either Twitter or Instagram. We'll check for, you know, for questions there. That'll all be in the description. So, or even directly in the YouTube comments, if, if it's a public comment that you're fine with others seeing, and we'll start to look at those questions and address them in future episodes. Speaking of love advice, we always are looking for what's happening within the culture, what's happening and conversation that we like to talk about with each other and also share with you. And one example of that is an old Steve Harvey clip. All of my friends are men. I don't have female friends. I don't, I'm, I'm incapable of that. Of an interview with him that recently went viral. He's your friend only because you have made it absolutely clear that nothing else is happening except this friendship we have. About him talking about being able to have friendships that are platonic with the opposite sex. 
a chink in the armor and trust and believe that guy that you think is just your buddy, he will slide in that crack <laughs> the moment he gets the opportunity. He said men are not able to have platonic relationships with women and vice versa. Platonic means there's no, you're not romantically attracted to them. He's saying because it will lead to that attraction. We wanted to, to talk about what we think, but first, we were discussing it amongst each other and we thought it would be important to define the word friendship. I think there's more of a modern, not modern, I guess you have your traditional word of friendship of when people think about somebody that, hey, buddy, buddy, let's hang out. The word friend, we now have to take on a more legal definition. Brother Polite and his definition of friendship Someone that you're willing to invest in that's also willing to invest in you, whether it's reciprocity or the relationship is mutually beneficial. That's a friend. A lot of times when people think about friendship, we're just thinking about on a social level. Someone that you can have a good time with, someone that's fun, conversations, things like that. More so on the legal side, I really could appreciate what Brother Polite was saying. He's a celebrity mentor to athletes and hip-hop artists and really just uh, another vocal person in the conscious community when it comes to holistic health, eating well, living well, just those type of lifestyles. Almost just bringing a business mindset to friendship and thinking about it as someone that's willing to invest in you and one that you can invest in. So something that's mutually beneficial. Introduce that level of a definition that removes the social, the emotional, connection out of it and also just introducing more of that business legal type mindset into a friendship as well. So I don't think Steve Harvey's uh, definition of friendship was the same as Brother Polite's. I think his definition of friendship was more a social in terms of like social and I actually do feel like that. I feel like another black flag, someone who you can be best friends with. Other couples are okay for friends. So are you, are you agreeing or disagreeing with Steve Harvey? Well, in a way, I in a way I agree, but I think he also meant like you can't have platonic friends with opposite sex because you're gonna want to have sex with them. I don't think it might always lead to that um, per se, but I think there are a there are levels of intimacy within friendships, even if it's um, heterosexual, man to man, woman to woman. You're you know you have a a bond. That's that's what makes you. Um, you know, a social friend from what I believe Steve's definition is. I don't think it's appropriate to have a level of intimacy with a friend who's of the opposite sex when you're married. So what if it's a friend that both partners are friends with? Then what do you think? So if so, both you and me are friends with this person and we're both hanging out with this person, then what? I think it's okay. There are instances like that in real life if we take Brother Polite's definition of friendship. His definition is really streamlined, but I don't think most people think of what he is describing as a friend. A minority of people use his definition for sure. Yeah, the mainstream people when they're talking about friends are referring to what Steve Harvey was thinking about guys looking for an opportunity to get in there with the woman. And a lot of times, if a guy is single, I think that's accurate. If a single guy is 
Yeah, so if there's a woman that's in a relationship, any level of relationship, married or just boyfriend and girlfriend, I think if that guy, if there's a male friend who is single and trying to befriend the woman, that for me is a red flag. Women will typically have other women friends. I know sometimes women might have a gay male best friend. That might be something that would be more acceptable because at least in that perspective, you know that that person's not trying to hit on that person. So sometimes women might say that they feel more comfortable having other women friends or gay male friends that will allow them to have more safety and feel like they can just be more vulnerable. Men, when it's the other way around, if there's a single woman and then there's a man in a relationship with the woman, I think it's the same way. I think the single person is going to always probably, if they're thinking about a social level of friendship, that single person is probably thinking about life from a single social. I don't agree fully with Steve Harvey. I think a lot of times Steve Harvey is saying things that sound like they will be good to sell, but don't sound necessarily good for just regular everyday conversations that people are having. So I don't necessarily believe that because I know people who have friendships and have been able to make that work they might be harder. You might have more of those clear boundaries where you're telling somebody that this is what it is. So maybe in a, on one level, you don't want to have to go through that. So it does make sense if you're in a relationship or married to have other married friends, or if you're in a relationship to have other friends in a relationship, that typically will make things easier because you don't have to worry about having another single person. So I would agree with that. Having single friends versus having friends that are married in a relationship, there's a difference there. Um, yeah, I guess that's my only distinction. I, I, don't, I don't think I would have a problem if I knew that the other person is in a relationship or married. For me, I'm a little different because I don't, <laughs> um, when it comes to friendships in general, I'm not having I'm not the person that's trying to go out with friends. You know, I'm not the person that's trying to like, hey, let's go and meet up for drinks. Or like, oh, hey, like, you know, there's people that like to do those things. And for me, I'm the person that like, oh yeah, sure. You know, I'll shoot you a text or hey, yep. See you when I see you. <laughs> um, but also am more on that legal business type person of, I'm looking for people who I can invest with or people who you can trust that if you needed to start a business, you could have them on your board of directors. Or if you wanted to start a nonprofit, you know, these could be people that you could trust to be on your board of directors or like investment partners or partners that if you know if you need a lawyer, you you might need that person who's the lawyer. If you need so I think just depends on the level of how you're thinking and the people that are probably thinking more physically, more with just the physicality of it are most likely going to be the people that are going to try to abuse it.
you have both. You have the physical, you have the the emotional, and both of those are, are equally bad. So I guess if you're trying to be safe, if you're married, stick with having other married friends. If you have friends that are within your group of your your church group, I think that's a safe place. You'll have people that you might fellowship with and they know you from that space. So I think business, church, fellowship, other married couples, I think that tends to be more of the safe space. You have to have that relationship and that conversation within the marriage. So as long as both people are in agreement within the marriage, I think that's the key. Whatever level of commitment and agreement that the husband and wife have made within their union is what's important. Have these agreements set before you're married so you know what that person's expectation is. That person's expectation is that you all have friends, then that's cool if not, but definitely make sure that you're, you're in agreement with the person and that, that part, you know, that both of you all are in agreement with each other. That's a major key mm -hmm. to our black excellence segment. There's a lot of black excellence going on. Yes. So for me, I've had that new Nas, Jay-Z, couple of vocals from the Beehive on there. <laughs> on that song, Sorry Not Sorry, that was on the recent DJ Khaled album. Sorry Not Sorry has been on repeat for me. Nas calling himself the cryptocurrency Scarface. Right. Um, traditional investing and non-traditional investing. So a lot of people are starting to learn more about Nas's ventures through Queensbridge Ventures and all of the different investments that he's made over time. With Ring, I know that was a big one that a lot of people learned about. But recently we had talked about the investment that he made with Coinbase, how that really quadrupled his money. Other things that he's been doing just somewhat on the low, but are starting to now become more known as people are just talking about it. And he put, he's putting it in his music. Mm -hmm. So I love just seeing that adult contemporary hip hop where talking about health is wealth and talking about starting businesses with even being on a song with someone that at one point in time that you had beef with and now being able to make money together and talking about the different type of investing that you're doing. Like the main things that I really enjoy from the song is that it really reflects the times. And I know we say that a lot, but music should reflect the times. And right now, the hottest things you hear people talking about is crypto, investing, the stock market, being healthy, just overall holistic health. That was it for me. Nas got Jay-Z on the song, but Jay-Z had some slick bars too. I can't, I can't say that he didn't bring anything to the table. He, he brought his business talk, his money talk. So yeah, I want to just stop there. What'd you think? He also brought his Beyonce talk, which, I mean, it seems like these days, every single song, you're just waiting for his line about Beyonce. He did a cool thing with the, the letter B, like a, a double B, a triple B, careful about the other B, and her voice came in like, hey. <laughs> I was like, man, this man mentions his wife in every single song. It's kind of cool and funny, and I liked it.
Yeah, I think I saw a meme where they showed the recipe for Jay-Z songs was talk about money, talk about being from Marcy, and then mention Beyonce. Right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it reflects where he's at in life. He's a married man. They've been married 10 plus years easily. Over this time where people have been talking about him and talking about different conspiracies that he's doing with his business or things that he might be doing that people don't understand, he's over here turning that into billions. He got his own billions mm -hmm. and then he got his wife. So they're, they're just a power couple. They're people who are changing the word when you think about generational wealth, when you think about black excellence. We gave big shouts out to Beyonce with the song Black Parade. That song was a whole movement last year, still this year. But I think in addition to just the music, the words that he was talking about, angel investing, intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. coming from literally the bottom and then making it to this. This is things that we all can relate to because we all come from an area, not, I mean, I don't know everyone, but I know we can relate. Being from a place where people don't expect for you to be the next millionaire or the next billionaire and just seeing what you became, those bars really reflect. So I, I loved it. Mm -hmm. And just giving the shout out to his wife and the music, those are, that's music I can relate to. I've been asking for music like this for a long time. Like rappers, it's okay to make music about your real lifestyle. Like a lot of you all have been making legal money for a long time. A lot of you all have a really good black woman in your life. If you're not married, definitely a woman that's been there in your life. It's okay, we can talk about them, highlight them, talk about that. We wanna hear that in your music. That old life, of, that old lie of having to look more appealing or appear to be single to sell more music, that's done with. We want to hear real music. We want to hear the bars that are reflecting your lifestyle and your music. So Versus happened. Versus was the day before Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And it was really nice just to see the ladies get their flowers, literally and figuratively. We've referred to verses a lot as a lot of rappers, producers, singers getting their flowers. So I thought it was only fitting that it happened on that way to celebrate the ladies. So I'm gonna let you kick us off. The verses was between the group Escape and the group SWV, two groups that helped to define 90s music, R&B. Went into it, we both thought Escape was gonna win. Right. That was, that's documented. It is. I did not know a lot about SWV and a lot more about SWV. I didn't know the ladies were from New York. I didn't know, I didn't even know all their names until you told me their names. Even after you told me their names, I wouldn't have been able to tell you who, from Coco, from Lily. So to be able to see them was really cool. Mm -hmm. Kind of understand more about their story. I just learned a lot about them more specifically watching it. Yes, they met in the same building. Ladies from New York SWV went down to Atlanta to meet Escape, which is an Atlanta group. And they were in the same room, same building. And they each had a DJ. Escape had their DJ that I believe toured with him, DJ A1. And then SWV had Spinderella 
of salt and pepper and spinderella gave her so much love they they even called her the fourth member apparently she dj'd for them before that was awesome to see we kind of broke it down we had it separated from djs to songs to performance mm -hmm. who do you think won before i say that i wanted to talk about the energy of each of the groups first of all um, once the groups came out, I just heard a voice, a woman voice, hyping everybody up. Hey y'all, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. This is the verses between Escape and SWV. You know, we sisters are coming together to give you a show, blah, blah, blah. That was one of the ladies from Escape. Of course, there's Tiny, Candy, we know them from their reality shows. And then there are sisters, there's Latasha and Tamika. Tiny's name is Tamika too, she goes by Tiny, but there's another Tamika in the group. Um, so this was Tamika. She just had so much energy. She pretty much, she sounded like a DJ. I thought it might've been Spinderella, but she really announced everybody. She had so much energy and Candy had a lot of energy over there too. Then on the opposite end, SWV, the person who had the standout energy was Tosh. She had the, the energy over there. So that was noticeable. Yeah. Lily had some good energy. She would. She, she was she was she was, she was cracking up. jokes she all was, throughout. She was cutting up all throughout. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Twitter went crazy on on Coco, the lead singer of SWV. The first half, I guess they were saying she had low energy, but apparently she had a wardrobe malfunction. Um, so I think at, at one point in the performances, the ladies wanted to in the first half wanted to stand up, and she she kind of you know, made eyes with one of the group members like, nah, if I can't do that right now. I think there was something wrong with her clothes. So she just had to stay static in her seat for a while. And this was all live, so I didn't want to make the wrong move. So I guess that explains her low energy then. But certainly after the first 10 songs, SWV had a wardrobe change. They came out, you know, jumping with their mics. Speaking of wardrobe, the ladies of Escape, they were dressed like they were going to an after five lady black tie event divas divas yeah and then swv they were dressed very nicely both groups super glamorous face beat as they say hair you know beautiful they look beautiful all of them but then swv they were kind of dressed like they were going to a fancy club the way through swv did a wardrobe change sweatshirts with swv on it each a different color swv really stayed true in terms of their style to what they projected originally. They were glitz and glam, but they were still tomboys too. They they reflected that on the verses. So they kind of stay true to to themselves. The verses really showed me what what range all the singers have. I'm, I'm familiar with so many of their songs, but just to talk about Escape, the two sisters that we talked about, Tamika and Latasha. Latasha's voice is very distinctive. All this time though, every time Tamika has ever sung, I always thought it was Latasha. They do sound a little similar because they are sisters. But through this verses, I learned that, wow, Tamika has a powerful voice on her as well. All those ballads that I thought Latasha was leading, some of it was her sister, so it was great to hear her voice. Verses was also a great reminder that Tiny, she can really sing. She might be the strongest voice over on Escape. And over to SWV, of course, there's the lead singer, Coco. Her voice is magnificent. She had the best voice on the stage out of all of the singers. Her voice is so distinctive. You can plop her down in any any group and their, their melodies will sound out of this world because of her. We're hype on this. 
your favorite moment, your favorite song, and your score? My favorite moment. Mm, let me give that more, some more thought. My favorite song of the competition was the last song that SWV did, which was Weak. They did it a little differently than the radio version. They had a live acoustic guitar player that added a, a different level of emotion and vulnerability, which the song is all about. It's about a woman saying, I'm weak, you make me weak in the knees. So yeah, that song was beautiful. And of course they ended it with, they did a little remix, you know, SWV has got you weak in the knees. Um, and it was, it was funny because during the second half of the competition, SWV went first. Um, so of course, even though that was SWV's last song, Escape was gonna sing the final song of the night. But SWV introduced that song and sung it and ended that song as if that was the show ender. And I'm sure that's probably how they end their shows when they go on tour. I mean, they even got up and said, okay, we're gonna end it. And es Escape was like, nah, we got one more song after that. So there were a lot of great moments. I have to think back on my, my great moments. But you said favorite song, score, and my favorite moment. While you're thinking, jump in and get some. They all performed, they both did their thing. So I can't give, I can't take anything away from the performance. I think the only thing that just stood out to me is the amount of hits that Escape were a part of their own catalog. And then also that they had some additional hits that they wrote for. When I heard Candy talk about the contributions that she made towards Destiny's Child song, Bills, 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 that was one of those moments for me where I was like, what? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, it does make sense. There's similarities between Bills, Bills, Bills and No Scrubs. Like, I can see her mind and how she thinks about some of those songs. So I wasn't completely shocked, but I was shocked. I never knew. So that was my like aha moment, like, whoa, okay. And then my favorite song was, ah, it's funny because going into this, I know I really hyped up, who can I run to? I was in true, true to as expected. As soon as that drop for Who Can I Run To came on, there's a whole other level of just not even about the singing, throw the singing out. Just the connection that the harmonies, the they had so many vibes of just old fashioned singing group, like doing their, their you know, their, <laughs> and they had the, the silk, like the standing in a row, I really, I was getting some strong Supreme type vibes from the way that they were performing that. So that was really cool to see the mashups of just acknowledging the samples of more recent people that did those songs, but then bringing it back. So I, I really love the way they started, Who Can I Run To? So for me, Who Can I Run To? But also understanding, I don't know. Understanding was really cool because it came at a place where you thought it was over and then they were like, okay, we got something over here right now. Mm -hmm. And then it had to be a great song because SWV pretty much just played their biggest hit. So to come back with Understanding, it's like, oh, like, okay. Mm -hmm. And the range that each singer had was respectable. Like they still have it at their age. 
And some would even dare to say they even look better now in their age than they might have 20 years ago or however, 20, 30 years ago, however long ago that was. Back in the day, there was some controversy with Biggie Smalls. He had a, a freestyle, um, I think the, free, the freestyle was called Dreams. And he was talking about all of the different R&B groups and in it, he was saying that he said, uh, 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 that he would mess with RuPaul before he would mess with the women from Escape. Ew, is that the lie? That's the lie. I, I, I won't be as explicit as he was, mm -hmm. but basically in the line, he was saying that he would mess with RuPaul before he would mess with the women from Escape, mm. which is wild. wild. <laughs> That's a wild line. And apparently the night that he was killed, they were all at a club together, and he had tried. He had, you know, he had actually made, you know, tried to make it right with mm -hmm. different members of the group. So he like pulled Tiny up to the side, and he apologized. And I think he had tried to pull Candy to to the side, but she wasn't having it. She was, you know, she wasn't trying to hear it. So it was just interesting just to hear that perspective as well. I didn't score it, but. I was just feeling the, the wave and I never felt that song-wise, song-wise, if I'm just if I'm just sticking to the songs, I would have to say that Escape took it for me. But like you said, DJ, I give the DJ to SWV hands down. Spinderella did her thing. <laughs> she was slaying it. So surprised that you say that about there wasn't a time where you thought SWV clearly took it. They clearly took it a lot for me. A lot of it has to do with Coco's soaring voice. See, I think that's the difference. I think you like, you like people to sing, like you like the voices, like you like the songs, you like the pitches. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't listen to that. Like I don't, I, I don't care if someone's in pitch or out of pitch. I just care about like, how did that song make me feel? Escape has had more of those songs that made me feel something. Okay. I do agree with you. Like mm -hmm. SWV might have the person with the best voice, but just the connection to their songs were just more, you know, like like more more vibe. Yeah. yeah, more like more club. Like like you mentioned for the for the club versus for a more sexy event. I think that's an accurate way that you could explain their music. Mm -hmm. I think SWV had made more music that was more some you know Tiny mentioned it. They they don't have no up tempo music, you know like Tiny people right out said that in the verses. We don't got no up tempo hits. Yeah, like they have they got hits, mm -hmm. but they don't have that up tempo music that'll make you want to dance and make you want to move. Mm -hmm. And I think for me I just like more of that, that deep emo, just if you want to feel sad, if you want to feel in the, like the, the words are horrible in some of the songs. Like I just learned that You're My Little Secret song was about being a side piece. Mm -hmm. Who knew? I mean, maybe people knew, but I didn't, I didn't know back then. I just heard the song and it, it sounded good. It made you feel something. Who knew? That's what it was about. But yeah, I guess... When you are older, like, you know, where it's so these groups came out in the 90s. So back then you were just listening to it. You didn't really know what the words meant. You didn't know all of that. So now just hearing it, it's like, what? 
I had no idea that's what that song was about. Mm -hmm. So I will give SWV credit. A lot of their songs were really just good songs. Like their songs were uplit. Like they even did a cover of the Patti LaBelle song. Mm -hmm. They did, they opened it up with a church song. Like they had wholesome yeah. songs. Each group opened it up with a church song. And that was a throwback to like every single girl group CD from the 90s. They all ended the CDs with a church song. Even Destiny's Child, every single one of their their albums ended with a church song. So I like that little, like, hey, we're 90s groups. We're going to do this 90s style. Cool. So I, I like that. That was really cool. Interesting you mentioned that. Tiana Taylor actually did that with the um, Keep That Same Energy album. It's mm -hmm. funny. I didn't even realize that, but I know she's a more modern singer that pays a lot of respect back to the 90s. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she also included a gospel sounding type song on her album probably was also a nod to the 90s. Mm -hmm. I what think I SWV was more together. <clears throat> Do you agree? I agree. Um, I mean, one, there's fewer people to get together. <laughs> Only by <laughs> on one. Only by one. I know. But we were talking about this, you and I together. So each group has had their own reality show. Es Escape actually had a reality show with the four members and so did SWV. And each reality show was about the members um, after being broken up for some time, coming back together and getting back on one page. SWV show was many years ago and Escape was sort of more in recent years. I think it's sort of showed on the versus battle. A little bit, yeah. A little, that SWV has been back on one accord for longer than Escape has. A little bit. Yeah. I think the you could tell some of their eye movements were trying to get each other in place where one person might have been standing a little bit out of place or one person might have been a little more hype getting up and some people might have been sitting down. Like you could see some of that stuff, like just some of that, that technicality. And I think that showed up more than night. Like when people watch there's more than just the song sounding good that people think about. Like they think about how did these women show up looking? How did they sound? What did they look like? What were they saying to each other when they weren't singing? What was their energy like? So I think a lot of that type of stuff, SWV was winning. Like the like you mentioned, the DJ, the sisterhood, the synergy. In a way, this is kind of interesting. Notice that verses really isn't just about the hits. It's the timing of when you play your hits, like the counters of when a person plays theirs and just how do you follow that back up with at least making it feel like it's not just a landslide, like you didn't just get washed. So those are like little interesting things of people that can kind of create those mean moments tend to do better and tend to get talked about more after that night's over. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that they were the best, but there's that whole social media aspect of it because obviously it's on a social media platform where the comments are just going a mile a minute and people are sharing every single thought that they can come up with at the time about it. So that's one piece. But I do love the fact that they were in Atlanta and they gave a lot of love to Atlanta. So that was really cool for me to see. Yeah. I guess I don't have one particular moment that was my favorite, but a couple of that, just a couple that stood out for me. When the brat came out with Escape and 
perform that song that they did with Mariah Carey. And I didn't realize that was, that was Mariah Carey's song, how it was originally recorded. Another standout moment was the song that SWV was featured on. It was a Method Man song. And Coco had this line, it was like, anything you want me to do, I'll do it. I feel like I've heard that sampled on so many different songs. Like that one clip is like the sound of the 90s for me. So that was uh, that was a huge um, moment for me. I didn't realize what song that that clip was on and then we got to hear it. But my score, I, I did score. I, I don't understand why our scores aren't more similar, but SWV washed them the first 10 rounds. So seven SWV, three escaped. And then the last 10, five SWV, three escape and two ties. What's that, 12? That's... So you had SWV with it, 12? Yes. What's that, 12 to... 12, six, and two. And two. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it really depends on what you feel, like a lot of the ways that the music made you feel. I do love that about the 90s, like the music in the 90s made you feel something. Mm -hmm. So whether you like the up-tempo, the slow, the ballers, you felt something and I love that. Like they mentioned, those were their real voices. There, there was no auto-tune. Mm -hmm. I think that's a part of it. The auto-tune takes a little bit of that feeling away from the music. Like you might be more melodic and more harmonized, but that raw feeling is stripped down a little bit. So I love just hearing that. Mm -hmm. And then just to mention the Atlanta connection, they mentioned the music that was being played by the DJs, all Atlanta music, love that. Shout out to 2 Chain, shout out to T.I., shout out to Andre 3000. I loved it when Escape was saying that the self got something to say. Like y'all have y'all turn, the self got something to say. Mm -hmm. Like clear iconic shout out to Andre 3000 and what he did for Atlanta and that whole movement. So that was really cool for me. And then also just them shouting out the historically black colleges and universities that were also in Atlanta, you know, Spelman, Morehouse College and Morris Brown. So those were huge just to acknowledge that because that doesn't always happen. So that was really cool to see. I also really enjoyed the duet that Coco did. She had a single out called Sunshine after she had given birth to her first son years ago when she had her solo album and her son came on stage and performed with her. That was really nice. During the intermission, SWV's children came on the stage with them and presented them with Mother's Day gifts. I thought that was cute. I thought that was funny when <laughs> Tiny said she got too many kids. Yeah. She was like, I got too many children. They all can't fit up on stage. That was funny. <laughs> nice to see the mothers actually physically get their flowers. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Both clearly have two different Winners, your winner is SWV and my winner is Escape. So in the comments, if you watched it, just let us know who you think won and what the reason was for why you think they won. I can't say that there is a versus that I'm looking forward to as much as I was looking forward to that one. I love it when the singers get a chance to do verses. The one when Jill Scott and Erica Badu did it was, whoo, yeah. man. It was so good. It's something about the singers. Mm -hmm. When the singers do a verse, it hits different. I do want to highlight 
black love just because you mentioned them from the musical selection, but you were telling me that all of these women, especially in Escape, they're all married to black men. Taj married to Eddie George. Like those are, you, you love to see black love and just seeing how those marriages look. Like obviously each marriage is going to look different. We're not a monolith. So the way that one relationship looks might not be the same as another one, but what you can see is that each person has, they found what, what works for them within their relationship. They found that level of communication and honesty and trust within each other of doing what it takes to last. In a sense, longevity is a, is like getting your flowers. Taj and Eddie, they were married. They've been married over 15 years. Ti and Tiny married a lot of years. Same thing with Candy and Todd. You know, they've been married for a long time. They're raising their families. So just seeing these families that are also not just an, ex an example of black love, but an example of generational wealth and just seeing how their families are gonna be able to benefit from that staple of them being together is really transformative. So huge shout out to those sisters and their husbands as well. Like and subscribe if you're enjoying our content. We're always trying to provide information and content that's beneficial for the black community. We talk about black love and black excellence. We're also looking to collaborate with other creators, other artists, other businesses. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for watching and listening. Stay blessed.